Right, we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Hallway Wrestling Podcast. And since Kieran has decided to stay in the States and go to Raw tonight, so happy for him, I've decided to get a very special guest on. He is Ireland's adopted son, one half of Team Tremendous, and it's Dan Barry. Thanks for joining me, Dan. Yeah, no worries. How are we doing? Hopefully the live chat come in. Uh, thanks for coming on, and I know you've had a pretty hectic week, so uh, and it's pretty short notice. So all things considered, you've done very, very well to come on. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, no worries. You, you can uh, start by telling the people how what your what your week's kind of been like and what's kind of happened the past week. All right, so like on Wednesday, I was uh, getting ready to go to Beyond Wrestling. I had a match against the Stunt Brothers, uh, myself and my tag partner Bill Carr. We had a match against the Stunt Brothers, and uh, I had a stomach ache, and I had it the day before, and I was like, oh, like whatever, it's probably a stomach ache, or like it's gas, like who knows, like it could be anything. Uh, and then from there, I went to a doctor, and I was like describing my pains, and he goes, huh? He goes, so we're gonna send you in for a CT scan. And uh, we think you have appendicitis. And I was like, um, I'm like, well, when will I know? And he's like, uh, soon? I'm like, because I got to get on the road to drive to Boston. It's like a four-hour drive for me. Um, and then I got my CT scan. And he goes, yeah, you have to have emergency surgery. So instead of going to Boston to wrestle, I went straight to the emergency room where I stayed until about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I uh, had surgery to remove my appendix. Um Everything went well. I have no complaints. Um, but to put it in perspective, uh, my bill just to get the scan to tell me I had appendicitis was three hundred and fifty American dollars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that is uh, that's the start. And then now I have uh, emergency room visits and surgery, and um, you have to pay for the anesthesiologist and uh, everything else in America. So. So yeah. Um... You can support Dan, obviously. I'm sure you've seen on his Twitter because most people in here probably follow me, either probably follow Dan, and uh, I'll send out a link as well later. That uh, you can buy some of his merch and uh, you can help him pay for all this ho hospital crap because I'm used to. I know what the I know fucking two thousand euro for an X-ray or something. something yeah, that's, um, it's a lot. It's uh, you know, it's, it came out of nowhere. It was a very, uh, you know. Um, I had a couple of pretty decent bookings set up. Uh, I had comedy set up on Friday because I also do stand-up comedy. And uh, I ended up losing out on all of it because I couldn't physically do it. So, Yeah, um, I've got some things that I was, when I was, I was when you said you'd do it last night, I decided to just go on a Dan Barry YouTube binge watch. And, uh, Sorry, okay. most of them are real bad. No, I came up. I, I came across this uh, Die Hard Wrestling video. Uh, I don't know if you remember Die Hard Wrestling on your. I do. So me and it would be myself and Ken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eleven year old video of you and uh, Tara Charisma. Do you want to explain yep. what, what what happened in that video and how that came about? So actually, what's funny about that video is on the Botchamania series, there's the clip of Lex Luger screaming about a T-shirt. And it's a, it's the Cyrus, but he's like your t-shirts are too tight, Billy. I don't know, and like this whole thing. I was that was in that room. We were the next promo, so we watched that live. We were sitting there and we watched Lex Luger struggle to take off a t-shirt and scream about the wrestling show. So I'm in the room. The first is there's two of them, right? So pretty young looking Dan Barry. Oh, that was uh, that would have been like 2004, maybe. So I would have been. 
maybe 20, 22. It might have been 2003. I don't remember. I'm terrible at dates. Um, so I had been a replacement for Sanjay Dutt because Sanjay had been uh, oh, yeah, Sanjay. signed to TNA and then he couldn't do as many shows. So I was his replacement for a show and then I, that kept going, kept going. And then I got jumped by Sanjay and kicked out of a group. And then uh, I we ended up having a tag match. So me and this guy, Ken Scampi, who the original Team Tremendous, uh, for those who actually care about my folklore of wrestling career. Um, so the original one was – the so to get the joke is that the school that we started at was a company called uh, New York Wrestling Connection, uh, NYWC, which is the home of, like, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Trent Beretta, right. Trent – um tony niece um so mikey from the spears like a bunch of people uh the beaver boys who are a big indie team now um bull james uh bull dempsey uh all i wanted to see guys and we so we were the joke was like oh i'm from new york you're from new york it's like we have a new york wrestling connection and we just like look at each other um the other thing is they did a video where Ken Scampi. So Ken Scampi and Tara Charisma were dating at the time. Uh, they are oh, not. That, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So the way they were like acting with each other was based purely on that, and it was just like a stupid joke. Um, but all the takes are just hilarious. It's oh, just geez, it's so stupid, and it's it's uh, diehard wrestling. I didn't even remember. I forgot I did that. I just think that the funniest part about that is like if you ignore everything else about that video, the funniest thing about that is like. Where they were sitting in front of the lockers, yeah. if you would turn the camera 180 degrees, that was the set where Lex Luger ruined his shirt at Botchamania. So that was all one room, and I, that's more interesting than the video is to me because it's like everyone. We I remember all of us just sitting there watching that and going like, he like runs out of the room to end the video, like he's just like, oh, your t-shirts are too tight, Billy, and he like runs out of the room, uh, and then he just didn't come back. So we're like, oh, you're done? Like, that was your take? And we're like, all right, we'll see you later, Lex Luger. And, yeah, I was just, I was just watching it. And then it's just like fish fingers on the table. She asked oh, for yeah, a fish, fish finger. Fish, yeah, yeah. Fish fingers. And then you just, you're both having a go. And it's just, it's, it's like 11 years ago and it's still on YouTube. Yeah, it's, that's the worst part about YouTube is that it's something that, you know, like, I think there's a point where we like hit our boobs. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A lot of so before anyone fucking yells at me, it was at one at her request, and two, she had just got them done. She had just had a uh, breast augmentation, and so it was like the joke was like, "Oh, you're new." Like it wasn't like I didn't sexually assault anyone. <laughs> That's not how it went. Like I don't. It's so hard because it's like 11 years ago. It's like, what did you do here? It's like, uh, I didn't, I promise you that was all consensual, fun buddies being buddies. Like, we had known each other for that point of numerous years. The three of us, me, myself, Tara Chrisman, and Ken Scampi, sat in the front row of Ken Scampi's pickup truck and drove all over the continental United States. Like, it, there was a lot of history there that's not translatable in a small YouTube video. Yeah, you, you don't need to defend yourself. We got few. Yeah, people. sometimes you do. That's not because it's just more of like um, it's context, right? So like, uh, I can understand someone seeing that and being like, "What the hell?" And then I just explain the context, and then that's it. Like if if yeah. they choose not to accept it, choose not to accept it. But I, I you know, I know. I just want to clarify because I don't want people watching that video and getting the complete wrong impression of me. 
because I am incredibly socially awkward and I will feel like I have to defend myself uh, and I'm not. I didn't do anything wrong. So you're fine. We have a few of our regular listeners and we have our, our co-host Kieran's in the in the live chat and uh, he said thanks for coming on. And we have Re- uh, Reese. Reese Kieran, uh, thanks for not coming on, Kieran. Um, it, yeah, well, he's not- with you. Uh, I know you're you're going to to Raw tonight in New Jersey, uh, but it's noon right now. I don't see why you can't call in. I'm a little yeah. upset with you. Yeah, I'm. A, I was upset with him too. I mean, I'm gonna have to do Raw SmackDown once we finish up after by myself. So that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> by the way, this is this is uh, iced tea and lemonade. This isn't beer. It's noon here, and I'm. Uh, it's a it's a Monday for me. I can't be drinking beer Monday at noon. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm, I haven't dropped that low. And you're you're a Street Profits fan, obviously as well. Yeah, obviously. Hell yeah. And okay. uh, EC3. Shout out EC3 and Red Solo <laughs> Cup. Uh, yeah. Um... None of you will. None of you give a shit about me. That 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 comment aged well from the Tivoli. Well, you know what though, I that was a very uh, that thought process of you guys don't give a shit about me. I think that resonated because they were like, "You're right, we don't." Like, you know what I mean? Like at that exact moment in time, I I grabbed that microphone. I said that thing. Simply because realistically, if you look back objectively, no one knew who I was. Yeah, and it was like, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. I, I was I was just listening to the OTT podcast you did with Engo, and uh, you were like, all the New Japan stars came on, and then you 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 were in the Tivoli against Be Cool, one of the like most over wrestlers. Him and Angel yeah. was one of the most over wrestlers, and then at the end he gets booed. You must have been. <laughs> well, and what's and what's funny about that is like when we were thinking about the wrestling match, like the idea was like, you know. Um, yeah, it would elevate me, but the idea is to elevate me so that when I lost to be cool, it'd be like, oh, look how much better be cool is. And like, you know, Dan Barry as a wrestler, like, you know, if, if Team Tremendous had been over there, it might be a little bit different, but like Dan Barry wrestler yeah. in Ireland was like probably a handful of people knew who I was. Uh, a handful of people knew who I was from like the uh, High Spots Internet series. They didn't know me as a wrestler. They just knew me as like Chuck Taylor's co-host, like that kind of thing. Um, and I think the minute I say no one gives a shit about me, fuck it, let's go get drunk. People are like, yeah, like that's that's awesome. Like this guy acknowledges it, and then B and B cool have that banter, and we can start a match. And I think that's um, as much as it didn't age well. I think it shows the sort of trajectory of like no one knew who I was, and now it's like you know I it's I get Dan Chance, which is. For the record, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. But I, I, I'll leave that alone. Oh yeah, we, yeah. Reese said that Walter fears Dan. That brings up like all, all the chance, like Dan Kampf and. Uh, the, when they started doing my name, my first off, you have to understand the Ring Comps music, uh, which is originally Timothy Thatcher's, uh, is hands down my favorite entrance music in wrestling because um, he could use that anywhere and it's no concern about like copyright claims. Like you can just get someone to play that song and you can play it anywhere in the world and no one's ever going to complain. So I heard that song and I was like, Oh, that's the best song in the world. And then you, you guys started chanting it at me and I'm like, no man, that's awesome. Like, I was like, this is the best song in the world. Like, so yeah, Yeah, my OTT had a, if a W 11, I'd love a four corners tag match. You and the best friends versus the besties in the world. Uh, you and uh, Bill, you and Team yeah, Tremendous against the against the annual cruisers. That would uh, that would main event any national stadium show. I wanted to do um, so. The last show I wrestled uh, David Starr, 
Oh, and yeah. a little inside baseball. Had that match not happened, I think I would have teamed with the Angel Cruisers and the Hurricane to go. Oh my god, that match, which I was so like. I think that was the original idea, and I was like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" Like I was willing to try and fly out early to be in one of those videos because ever since I saw those videos, I was like, "Oh no, I have to be in this!" And I got oh. like super uh, amped to be in it. And then it turns out like I was flying in on a Friday, and they were filming on like the week before, and there was no chance I could really be in it. But um, I, my goal is to find a way to be in one of those videos. If it means just flying myself there to be in the video and then fly myself home, like I'm in because that's. Yeah. Sorry, we we can't wait to see you again. Um, yeah. Then when obviously your next your next appearance in OTT was when you were supposed to face Trent Seven at Redemption. Yeah. Um, and then it got changed to Sammy D. And uh, I remember I'm gonna start this this bit is like good for me because I I came up to you after your match. And then we came up to get a photo, and I saw this big red yeah. on your face. And yeah. I, have, I still have that photo. And uh, I was like, the next the next show uh, at Scrapper Mania, I was like, I have to get a photo with Dan when he's when he's not hurt. And uh, yeah, that story of that that Fosbury flop against Sammy D, I remember me and Reese were sitting there, and we were just like, everyone just went, "Oh shit, what's he done to his face?" Oh, that's the, uh, the worst part. Is like I could. Uh, what's frustrating for me is that like. That's one of those things I can kind of just do in my sleep. Like, I'll just call it and be like, yeah, I'll just do the Fosbury. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, no, I can, I can do it. It's really easy. And then that specific day was, like, the worst combination of me ever doing it. It was – I had a uh, lower back issue. My yeah. leg gave out as I was running. My ankle kind of gave out as I was running. I was like, yeah. oh, for crying out loud, I just ate it. And then as I ate it, I then ran and did another, like, uh, just a helo. Um, and then uh, – I just remember, like, as I'm landing, I'm like, of course this happened to me. Like, of course this happened to me. Like, in my return match, of course this happened to me. Like, I was so depressed about that. Because um, then the next, the next, the National Stadium show against uh, David Starr, you, you, you did a torpe. I don't know if it was no touch. I think you might have pressed off the rope. But you did yeah, it over the corner. Yeah. yeah. You did it over the corner. And the yeah. thud, the thud from the other side of the ring was definitely. Yeah. Uh, I got caught over. in a powerbomb. I basically my legs hit and then my upper body hit the ground. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of luck. Nobody really likes catching me. And uh, <laughs> no, actually, um, uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Because I guess I'm on the spot. But somebody saved me, um, and I will never forget that his face. I I know him, and I'm gonna. It's gonna piss me off that I don't remember his name right now. I think it might be uh, the guy that nearly broke his arm in the uh, Bandito Ray Horace match from a uh, few weeks ago in the basketball arena. Oh yeah, yeah. It looks like he sold. Yeah, he's either a really good seller because he sold a broken arm, or he uh, he actually broke his arm trying to save one of them. Die, oh, one of their yeah, what, I don't know. Did you see but, the uh, Did you see the David Starr um, UK title uh, uh, stamp? In yeah, the, the stamp on the belt. Yeah. Um, do you think that was uh, improv, or do you think that was planned before and okay? But well, I'm I'm a wrestler, right? So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was probably improv, but I'm not trying to pull back the curtain. Pull the curtain. I don't want. To, I mean, I I have not. I don't really have a lot of inside information on this, but um, I think it was interesting. I think um, it probably stirred some stuff, uh, but I mean, it doesn't. I, if I were 
WWE or somebody affiliated with that title, I wouldn't have been happy. No, because no, because you know what? Like it's 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 uh, that's essentially if so if uh, Jordan Devlin went to uh, NXT UK and then someone threw the bell ground and stepped on it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I, I'm not. You know, I'm sure that like there's a way to make it work and is whatever. And I'm sure there's wrestling fans all over the world who are gonna be like, like yeah, like who cares? Like it's it's a story, but it's like right. But you know the the belt it they took so long to elevate it. They're working so hard on it, and it's like it got stepped on. And it's you know I I see both sides of it, but I, I would have been uh, very upset if yeah. I was Walter Trum. Walter Trum was serious chop straight afterwards. So I. It, it, it definitely made it look like it was improv because he sweat flying everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's – and also Walter's chops hit like a baseball bat. So really, it doesn't matter. Even if it wasn't improv, you know, you're, you're going to regret it anyway. Yeah. Um, you said in the OTC podcast your family from Dundalk, if I'm not – I have family in Dundalk. You so, have family in Dundalk, yeah? Yeah, I have family in Dundalk. I, I my grandfather's from Cavan. My gram, I have grand, my grandmother's from Galway. I have, um, I think it's uh, Kilkenny, and uh, um, I'm forgetting the last one, which is gonna upset my grandparents so much. Uh, but the one that the grandfather's alive is from Cavan. Cavan. Uh, Kevin. Cavan. I don't want to pretend Cavan, that. Cavan, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I have family in Dundalk. Um, my, you know, the reason I was in Ireland was for my um, uh, nephew's christening, right? So, um, or baptism, whatever. Uh, so I was over, <laughs> we had it in Dundalk. There was a wedding the night before in Dundalk. So it was like the Friday I had a wedding, the Saturday was OTT, the Sunday was the was the baptism, and then I flew home the Monday. So uh it was kind of cool, like uh, you know. Yeah, you said that um, you heard someone scream your mother's name in the crowd. Yeah, my mom surprised me. She showed up at the show. Um, you know, uh, who, who screamed her name? So somebody who was near her, uh, she kept screaming like "Go Dan!" Like my mom is. Uh, my mom literally is a stereotypical New Yorker. She has like a very New York, like "Go Dan!" like that kind of a yell. Um, so. She showed up and I didn't know she was gonna come. And then it was like I hear it. And I'm like, what? I'm like this is crazy. And like I, you know, uh, my family, my brother, like people were there for me. And it was kind of uh, cool uh, because you know I think they were going there, and we all kind of expected, like, oh, nobody knows who he is. I'll have this match. He'll get like an applause, and then that'll be it. That would be the last time I was gonna be there. You know what I mean? Like it was like a bucket list thing for me. So when they got there and they expected sort of that sort of a response, it was like they were being super loud because they imagined nobody else would be loud. Yeah. And then the match shifted and suddenly I was getting the chance and whatever. And yep. uh, my mom like went silent. She was just like staring like, whoa. And she started recording it on her phone. Because <laughs> Especially the, the video I have that she sent me was uh, when everyone's like, everybody, Dan now, Dan, 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 Dan. Oh, but it's like a panoramic of the ring of the building and it's like people doing it. And I think that meant a lot for my mom to see because like she's kind of seen like the lowest of the low and like the highest of the high. And I think that took it past it where she was like, oh, yeah, this is it. And uh, my sister-in-law, who had never seen me wrestle, saw it. And then she thought that's just how things were for me. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not this is like a one time. <laughs> 
this doesn't happen all the time for me. <laughs> well, it's now happening all the time now in Ireland because we. Well, yeah, to- I mean, when I go to Ireland, but also when I'm in Ireland, I'm never really. I'm not there every single week. I think if I was there every single show, that would sort of dwindle. I think the idea is that I'm I'm uh, cool. You only see me once in a while, kind of guy. And when I do come, it's like kind of big match Dan. You know, I get to kill myself and you know uh, injure myself in various ways and flip into the floor and nobody catch me and. You know, I can yeah. do that because I'm there once. You know, I'm not there every single week. Yeah. Before we get on to uh, some of your favorite places to eat and have have pints, uh, Reese is asking what your dream match is uh, in OTT, or in general, you can answer both. So my dream match in OTT is weird, right? So I think if I so uh, it's gonna sound like I'm pandering, but I'm not. Uh, I genuinely want to be a surprise partner for Angel Cruz and be, and be cool against anybody. Besties in the be, world. Please. Because um, I love the besties. By the way, besties oh. in the world are phenomenal tag team. That's, um, team. That's my favorite team, Jim. So I, I would love it to – I would love to be able to be like, you know, to me it's like I – if if they didn't have an opponent and then I was revealed as their mystery opponent in a video – that would oh. be like my best thing that ever happened because like I get to be in the video, I get to come out, I get to have a fun match with people who are fun, and I get to go home. Um, my dream match in OTT for real, real is me, my tag partner Bill Carr, and Orange Cassidy against British Strong Style because I think that match in OTT is probably the best that match could ever be, and uh, I I would love the I think the OTT crowd meets Bill Carr, OTT crowd suddenly likes Dan Barry less and they like Bill Carr more. Because Bill is an animal, and he is uh, one of the most fun people um, to be around. And he has a a charisma to him that's inexplicable to anybody who has never really met him. Mm. Um, And I think Orange Cassidy and OTT, with the two of us uh, in this match against the WWE guys, is like a more fun match than anything else that could possibly be. And I think it could be very enjoyable for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, Joe? Everyone tag Joe Cabray, please. And yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about so the thing about that match though is if you look at it objectively, um, I'm a flight from New York. Bill Carr is a flight from New York. Orange Cassidy is a flight out of Philadelphia or New York. Um, so immediately, that's a twenty one hundred dollar flight bill minimum, <laughs> and that's like on the cheapest it can possibly be is twenty one hundred dollars. So um, I think we need like a, a Kickstarter <laughs> more than we need a, a text to Joe Cabray, but. Um, you know, I was, I've been trying to get back over there. Uh, I don't, you know, as soon as I can go back, I wanted to try and bring Bill over there because I want people to meet Bill. Um, I do think that, you know, the benefit of the besties is that the besties can kind of go for like two weeks and be in England and be in Ireland and England and go back home. Whereas for like myself and Bill, it's a little bit more difficult. Like uh, uh, we have kind of careers that we really can't just like walk away from. So um we can do like weekends and that's a very expensive endeavor for the most part. So um, hopefully I win the lottery and I can just do whatever I want from this point forward. Or, uh, you know, I get the ability to travel more, but uh, my goal is to get us over there um, in that capacity for that match. The circumstances to a lot for, for that to align would make that match very special though. Cause exactly. Not- you need to get, first off, you need to get British strong style to be at the show, which is not necessarily impossible, but hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they can do anything after August. I don't know if that'll be able to happen. Um, and then, two, 
you need me, Bill, uh, and Orange Cassidy to be available for a weekend, which I can probably do it. Uh, Orange Cassidy probably do it. Bill's the harder part because he has like um, a career he can't just kind of like take off from. So uh, it's kind of hard, but we'll make it happen. We'll make something happen. If nothing else, I will find a way to OGT. Um, back into OGT. If it maybe it's just me and Bill as the mystery partners for Be Cool and Angel Cruise, and we get to have the most fun video. Because the other thing about it is the Be Cool Angel Cruise videos, the concepts for them. Like me and Bill have done vignettes for Combat Zone when we were like the world's weirdest cops who just tried to chase down the Beaver Boys. Um, what's that? That's CCW, is it? Yeah, CCW. And uh, those are fun and like lighthearted and whatever. And I think the idea of finding a way to make it the two worlds meld for one show to have Team Tremendous and the Angel Cruisers against whomever uh, would be a lot of fun too. That would be like the most fun I could have, I think, is shoot, filming those videos and then doing the story, doing that match. Yeah, just take my money now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just want to do. That's all I want to do. If I had a million dollars, that's what I would do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so when you come to Ireland, obviously you say you, it's rare, so you want to make the most out of it. So what, uh, what things have you done and what things would you like to do? And where, where, what place do you like to eat in general? Um, so it's weird, right? So like when I go, a lot of times I'm there with family. Mm. Um, so whenever I go to Ireland, it's like my, I'll bring my brothers or whatever, my nieces and nephews. So it's like, you're kind of trying to squeeze in as much as possible. And when I'm there for like wrestling shows, it's very different because it's like, for example, the, the Sammy D match, I landed at 8 a.m. I flew home 8 a.m. the next day. I was in Ireland for 24 hours and I flew home. I just saw nothing. I saw my hotel, I saw the bed, I saw McDonald's, uh, and I saw Ango and we did an interview. That was my weekend. Um, what I like to do, this is gonna seem kind of like whatever, there's a, the, the, the Dawson Lounge, the smallest pub in Ireland. That's all I ever go to for the most part. It's this little basement. Uh, if, if you know it, then you know it. But if you don't know it, it's like um, a basement uh, in Dublin, right outside of like St. Stephen's Green. And uh, the pub is the size of like my living room. It's not a big pub at all. Uh, and the bar is in the middle. And we just sit there and just drink. Uh, I drink Jameson. And then whoever I'm with drinks whatever they drink. And that's my, my time. Like, um, I'm not like a you know, I'm not like a club person. I'm not like a crazy bar person. I've been down to Temple Bar, but that's very expensive. I actually like drinking at Wayland's uh, when I was there for the comedy show. I like that bar. That was kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, that pub. Um, when I go to, because I have family in Dundalk, we go to Carlingford a lot and drink there. That was uh, a little town that I went to a lot to drink. Um, Good activities. What's that? A very nice like le activity leisure center down yeah it's like you know we we rent a house we like walk to town we drink we hang out we go back like that type of stuff yeah. um it was fun i i would do that all the time um you've been to the guinness storehouse haven't you i remember yeah, yeah. i went there with don marnell oh boy that was fun you went there when don marnell, what's that did you go there with bill or my no, with bill. yeah so it was me bill and don marnell don marnell was working that day yeah, yeah. um and we he goes oh yeah let me know like uh, meet me upstairs i'm at the top bar so we went up to the top bar and he started showing this thing called the stouty um where they take a picture of you and they they laser etch it to the head of the guinness yeah so they're like oh like they just kind of kept giving us stouties <laughs> and like they'd be like 
ones with other people's faces on them and like phrases on them. And me and Bill just got really Guinness drunk at the top of the Guinness storehouse. Yeah, uh, we, uh, it was a lot. Um, and then we went over to the Jameson factory and we spent about 300 euro on Jameson bottles. <laughs> we just took those home. So, um, Jesus. yeah, like that was a lot of fun. We got, we got the Jameson bottle, like you pour yourself and then like you sign and whatever else. And then as I took it home, like, what am I doing with this? This is, <laughs> like, this is a very expensive souvenir that I'm going to drink one day. Like that's not really the same, but, uh, it was fun, man. I, I, I enjoy Ireland. I enjoy, I actually enjoy just driving a car, renting a car and then driving all over uh, Ireland. So next yeah. time I go back, I hope I get to rent a cool car and just drive around some more. Yeah. Um, as I said, uh, I did the Dan, Dan Barry binge watch. Um, there's quite a lot on it. Um, and I found episode two of Holy Foley. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I remember. I remember here. I don't want to talk about this too much because uh, I don't know how, how much can you talk about. In terms I can of talk about it. Soup to nuts. The show's over. It's not being aired again. I can say whatever I want now. Time oh. to talk real shit about Mick Foley. He's a murderer. He's killed three people. I saw it with my own eyes. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, he seems like a very nice guy. He's literally uh, the nicest person in the world. Yeah. Um. I remember when he. I think episode two is when he gets into the ring with um Noel and tries to show her a few things. And I just noticed in the background that all the trainees were look. I don't know if they were camera shy, but they just looked very awkward. Can you just explain to me how, like, what happened on that day in that episode in particular? If you, well, what you can remember from that, right? So, like, so with any like television show, right? Like, there's an element of like setting a camera, and they set the camera, and it's like the reason those people are staying there is because it's like that's your job now. Your job is to stand here while Mick is going to be there with uh, Noel. Um, so they just kind of stood there awkwardly because there's, they don't have any action, right? Like, um, they're not acting. They're literally watching what's happening in front of them. Like that's, I, I feel like people have this conception that like, um, reality TV is like scripted. It's really not. Um, but it is sort of like, Hey, can you do that again? Cause we didn't get it well on camera or can you do it again? Cause it didn't look good on camera. So they'll do something genuine and it's like, all right, move the camera so you can see it better. And that's a lot of what you're seeing when you um, when you see like the way they're all standing is because they were probably doing something else before that, and then like the producers like just stand right there and watch what's happening. That's oh, I think of, yeah, it's, so, I, it's, I weird. Like, it's he's weird. From our training. I thought he was like, oh, he's taken away from our training. What are we doing? <laughs> no, absolutely not. So um, anytime like a Mick Foley. Well, the other thing too is like when so we would film Holy Foley, and I would be training Noel, and then Mick would come in. Um, everyone's kind of focuses on what was happening with Noel. Like oh, yeah. everyone's like, Oh, Mick's giving Noel pointers or Dan's giving Noel pointers. Right. But like the other people there were also being trained. You know what I mean? So like Mick is giving his daughter pointers and that's making camera, but then Mick's giving pointers to whoever else is in that room. Oh, that's in cool. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's, that's not on camera because it doesn't need to be, you know, no yeah. one, if we look at it, like the most important things that happened in those four hours that we were there, you know, it's Mick and Noel. It's not Mick talking to Stockade. Mick talking to uh, Willow. Uh, Willow um, or Mick talking to like uh, Rex Lawless or whoever. Uh, it's it's about Noel. But Mick, to his credit, would come down and start talking to Noel, and then it would be like, "Let me pull this guy aside. Let me pull this guy aside. Let me pull this guy aside." Oh, that's great. That's great. And he, so he, you know, he he is. I I say it all the time. He's genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for being as good a person as he is. 
uh, and he gets a lot of credit for being a good person. So that should put that in perspective. Yeah, uh, he seems like a great guy and just a guy well, to go out and have so, a good chat. So put in perspective. So um, I got in that show because he asked me to. Mm. That's it. I was on the show because he asked if I would be willing to do it. I said, yeah. And then I got, I stayed on the show because somebody in uh, production liked me, right? Like they were like, oh, Dan Barry is actually a, a, a decent person to have on camera. Um, I started doing stand up. My first hosting gig was with Mick Foley because Mick Foley asked if I could host for him oh, specifically. Yeah. So I had had no experience hosting and Mick Foley brought me in to host for him. How was that? Uh, when Mick was mankind, when he was doing that whole gimmick, he would just, on days off, go to children's hospitals and visit kids and never tell anyone about it. Like, that's who the guy is. And that's not me being like, I have to blow him up. Everyone knows he's a nice guy, but like, that's what he does. That's his thing. So yeah, uh, he's just a good dude. Um, you know, really like him. Good guy. One of the good guys. Um, yeah. Uh, you, one of your, on Wikipedia, Wikipedia is a wonder, wonderful place. As, as you Real know. weird. I don't. I don't even read it. I don't know who made that. And then one day, my brother found it, and he's like, "You have a Wikipedia?" I'm like, "I have a Wikipedia," and then that's it. Uh, two two things popped out for me. Um, first of all, it says you're retired in February, so uh, happy retirement. Yeah, things are going real well. It's, that's how you know. That's how you know it's the online source because somebody was like, put that in, and then that was it. They didn't even think about it anymore. It says you uh, you announced 13 months in advance that you're going to retire. So, I did. Mm -hmm. So I wanted um, one last the real and I really just wanted one last year. I wanted to have one year of the most fun wrestling I could have. I went to OTT, I went to Progress, I did a whole bunch of things, and then PWG, I did a couple of really cool bookings. I have a back itch on a scratch, is what we're talking. Um, I did a couple of really cool bookings, and then that was at the end of it, I was so uh beat up. I thought I was gonna be done, and then I was like, No, I'm not done. I don't want to stop yet. And that's good because we want to see more. And uh, yeah, if I shit at OTT, if I went there and bombed, you'd be like, man, you should have retired when you said you were going to retire. <laughs> it's a big difference. Like, it's just the way this pendulum went, you know? Yeah. And then it's a, a you could have more. Um, but you, it says you have two Wikipedia wins over the Young Bucks. I do. Mm -hmm. and I that's beat the Young Bucks twice. I beat them um, in Combat Zone Wrestling for the CCW Tag Team Championships. And we beat them in Beyond Wrestling for a tournament for tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, that pretty much, come on. So AEW, yeah, I beat your top guys. <laughs> like I don't know what you're doing. Get them on. Uh, imagine, imagine uh, you and Orange Cassidy and Jimmy Havoc in that battle royal. Oh man, I wanted I wanted to wrestle. I want to wrestle Jimmy Havoc too. But um, if I I just want to wrestle Jimmy Havoc, just so we can do that paper cut thing, and then I'll walk away. I'll never do anything else again. Like that's super easy to be. Yeah, because that's it. I was watching. I was listening to his like psychology behind his matches, and he was saying that like he does things that are like relatable, like the thumbtacks and stuff, and like the leg, and like the Lego. Right. So there's there's um, I think a lot of times with wrestlers they put themselves in these corners of like all the cool stuff they can do, and I think he looks at it like I look at wrestling from. So I've like I don't want to talk too much psychology about pro wrestling, but like his is like. It's empathy, right? Like I'm looking at somebody get a paper cut. I know what a paper cut feels like. I'm watching someone get Legos on their feet. It's like I know what that feels like. For me, I I think of um, wrestling almost like tragic comedy. So tragic comedy used to is like this idea. Like there's a play Fiddler on the Roof, and Fiddler on the Roof, everyone loves. It's all fun and games. It's all fun and games, and then suddenly it's not. And that's the point that I like. Is it's tragic comedy is 
you get someone, you're laughing, you're laughing, you're laughing, and then suddenly it's serious. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of how I like wrestling because it's like I can get you on my side more if you enjoy me as a, like a, you know, funny guy. Um, and then when I'm fighting up from the bottom, now it's fundamentally different. So I think the David Starr, what was fun about the David Starr match, there are things I would have changed in hindsight, but um, is that people were behind me because I was getting the shit kicked out of me for a lot of it. And yeah, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than me versus Sammy D. It's a little bit different than me versus Be Cool. It's that, like, no, we want Dan to fight back because Dan's got to fight back. And I thought that that comes from you've seen funny Dan Barry, and now it's serious Dan Barry, and now I get to – you get to be there with me when I fight my way Roller back. Culture, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I think you might be uh, the best comedy wrestler while in submission moves. Is so, some of the Giving or taking? What? No, no, when, whenever, because okay. someone, at the start of that, that David Starr match, when you're just in like, when you're given drop down for the headlock or when you're like in, in like a figure four or whatever, you, you really know how to just make a, make a, make a wrist lock, not boring. And that's like, that's talent. Cause as we know from Randy Orton matches, wrist locks are very boring. <laughs> right. But like Randy Orton also has an intensity to his stuff. So like, it's a little bit different of a pacing, right? Babyface Randy Orton's wrist locks aren't there. It's heel Randy Orton does wrist locks, and you hate him, and then you <laughs> want him to get beat up. So like, yeah. there's psychology to it that people can. I get. I get that there's like a Randy Orton hate thing, but like, the guy's yeah. smart. He gets what he's doing. He knows he's like, oh, you, you think this is boring? Watch this, and then now you're like, ah, oh, you mother. Yeah, Reese says Dan Barry for the G one. Ah, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> that's, that's way too much work. I would try. Bring me instead of G one, just bring me in for an OG. Bring me into Cork and just let me. Uh, oh, please come to Cork. <laughs> I I wish. Uh, I first off post surgery, I actually don't know if I could if I want to. Uh, and then secondly, again, uh, if I were to let's 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 pull up a real number. I want to pull up a real number right now so you understand why it seems less likely. Um, uh, there's a fifth anniversary show in in uh, September. Uh, uh, might have September? Or I thought it was October. It's, it's October, yeah. Sorry, there might be a New Japan Dream match there for you. Yeah, um, my mom's birthday is that weekend, and she's turning sixty, so there is zero chance I'll be at that show. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. believe me, if I if I could just be there for that, I would. Uh, but realistically, um, you know, it's my mom, and I bring three over to Ireland for a birthday. Bring her yeah. And I have to bring my, all of my brothers. By the way, I have three of them, so that's very expensive. Um, to get to Ireland for Cork right now before taxes is eight hundred and one American dollars. Jeez. So Lots of, uh, buy his t-shirts. <laughs> actually, I can get one for five hundred and fifteen dollars, but I'd have to drive three hours to the airport. So, if you guys want me there, what you need to do is. Pay for me to get there, and then whatever. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if you, I'm sure if we, if they announce it at an OTT show, Dan Barry would get enough money. Well, I also don't <laughs> want to be shitty to wrestling fans and be like, hey, if you guys want me there, you got to fly me over. Like, I'm not oh, that course. person, right? But like, if there was a way, if if someone could think of a way to get to pay for that flight so that it didn't cost Joe Cabre an arm and a leg to bring me over for August, I would be there. Yeah. Um, 
yeah as i was like as we're talking about travel like can you like explain when you're in like the height of your like your busy period can you explain like a typical week from like monday to monday to i know you probably i don't know what if you work yeah so to put in perspective i'm also a consultant right like i'm a consultant for a software company and Uh so my job i travel for wrestling comedy and everything else i travel uh 75 to 80 percent of a year so to put in perspective um this thursday if i were to look at my calendar right let's pull up my calendar uh this is real boring stuff by the way i'm very sorry that you guys are gonna be here privy to me reading off my calendar um you go ahead so to put in perspective thursday night i have a show in levittown new york that's not far from me um sunday i have a show in bohemia that's not far from me it's like a half hour monday i fly to irving texas which is at dallas fort worth texas it's about a four hour flight i'm here in dallas texas till friday i come back i perform again on sunday i fly down to i fly to spokane washington that's a layover that's a six hour flight plus an hour an hour flight so a two hour flight so it's about eight and a half hours of travel on that monday i fly home on thursday night i get home at two o'clock in the morning i'm home that friday i have a show that friday i have a show that saturday i'm going to boston new york on sunday for american rana jesus so that the next two weeks but that's honestly like i'm not complaining about that i love it like that's yeah. what i want my life to be i if i lived out of a suitcase i'd be super okay i wouldn't have to pay for this house that is super expensive that i don't want to pay for anymore because it's uh, a lot of money that i don't really have um but you know like it's just you know i'm trying to think, like for the 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 trip to ireland the last ireland trip i did where was that that was March, right so i did that week the week of the before that i had so my uncle passed away so i had a funeral but i had my funeral i had one two three four six comedy shows i did ireland friday saturday sunday i flew home monday i did comedy that thursday i flew out to i was did comedy in canada for two days i came back i did two more days of comedy i wrestled in connecticut I was did comedy and then I did WrestleMania weekend. That's crazy. <laughs> I did WrestleMania weekend. I ended WrestleMania weekend on Sunday. Monday I flew to Phoenix, which is it's five hour flight. So I wasn't home. I was home four days in the month of March into the beginning of April. Yeah, and what was your um? What was your highlight of your WrestleMania weekend? Didn't you? Did you work the? Pile drivers and pancakes. Yeah, so we won the we won the Pro Wrestling Revolver tag titles that weekend, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we wrestled a, a a team called the Gymnasty Boys, not the ones from Ireland, but the ones from America, which I yeah. a whole level of drama I'm not involved in. Um, I wrestled my tag partner Bill in a death match on the Friday at Joey Ryan's penis party, uh, oh. which was incredibly painful, and I'll never do that again. It was a fun weekend, man. I got to I uh, got to hang out with David Arquette. We swapped pants, so I have a pair of his pants, um, Mickey Mouse like Levi jeans that he gave me, and he has a pair of my like nine dollar shitty jeans that I got from uh, Target. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I don't know how much. Do you know how much time you have left? Or are you? Are you? I on? got like a few minutes, like two or three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't we end on? your funniest or the whatever you can tell your funniest road story you've ever 
and and on something entertaining, the f funniest or most entertaining uh, road so story. So it's so I have a bunch. I have, I always end up telling like the same ones though. So okay, so I'll tell a story. Of me and Bill going to Disney. So Sounds good. Uh, Bill Carr does not ever go to Disney, and I'm somebody who goes to Disney World somewhat frequently. It's like a two-hour flight for me, and it's not very expensive. Um, so I was like, oh, like we'll go to Disney. We did a – it was a weekend of Evolve's tag team tournament. So we were facing, like, Tony Nese and Caleb Conley, and we were facing um, Trent uh, – Rocky Romero and Trent Rapongi Vice, and we were wrestling – uh, in the main event against like TJ Perkins and whoever. And the idea was if we had won on Sunday, we were going to face Drew Galloway and Johnny Gargano in um, Brooklyn for the next Evolve show, whatever it was. So uh, we land on Wednesday and we're like, let's go have fun. And Bill's like, oh, let's go to Epcot. I've never drank around the world. I said, Bill, uh, just so you know, um, there's a lot of countries in Epcot. And so drinking around the world, you can't just drink it every single one because we have to wrestle all weekend. And he goes, I'm only going to drink beers I've never had before. That was his promise to me. I will only drink beers I've never had before. I said, okay, because Bill has a laundry list of beers he's drank in his life. So we get there and we start in Canada. and you, So it's like you, it's like Canada, England, Ireland, and it goes into like Germany, Italy, so on and so forth, France, and you make your way around. And the last stop is Mexico on the tour. Apparently, they had like a beer festival. And so each country had a unique beer he had never had before. And so Bill just drank in every single country we went to. Sometimes two beers because they had a new beer he'd never had before. And he just got drunker and drunker and drunker and drunker. And I had like three things of Jameson, like three. I drink Jameson Neats. So I had three Jameson Neats. Um, and by the time we were done, it had been like five hours of him drinking and I was already sober. I was just, I had drank in the beginning and then now I'm like dead sober. And I'm like, I just wanted to go home. So Bill throughout this day, we're like taking pictures and like Bill, like annoying people, annoying people, annoying people. We finally get to Mexico and he's like, you know, it'd be funny if I look like I was asleep in the garbage can. I'm like, yeah, that would be funny. So I took the picture, I posted on the internet. And then he literally fell asleep in the garbage can, and I could not get him up. And he is 340 pounds, so I'm trying to shake this giant gorilla out of a garbage pail. We finally get back to the hotel, and uh, I'm going to sleep. And all of a sudden, like, I feel something, and I wake up, and I turn the light on, and he's just standing over my bed, and he's just completely naked. <laughs> and he goes, good morning, Dan. And I went, just go back to bed, Bill. And then that was my <laughs> that was the weekend. So that weekend was... Bill hung over wrestling three different shows against the top talent in America at the time for Royal Rumble weekend. And it started with him drinking every beer in Epcot. So that's amazing. Um, I'm sure you have work to do and uh, I appreciate that. I just gotta make a sandwich. I haven't eaten today. Um, I have to yeah. eat, eat a sandwich and then take medicine. So yeah, I have to review uh, Ron Smackdown and then uh, go watch Friends. So <laughs> um, don't watch Friends. Don't watch Friends. Don't do it to yourself. Uh, what Chernobyl? I'm halfway through. Yeah, I've heard about Chernobyl. I heard it's good. I'm halfway so through. Good. So Half good. It's one of my favorite shows I've seen. It's so good. Uh, I'll stop talking about it. I'm bored. Yeah, I'm halfway through Friends, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep keep plowing on, trying to get through it this summer. Enjoy, enjoy the adventures of Ross and Rachel. Oh, so I am. Um, 
So uh, thanks a million, Dan. Uh, you didn't have to didn't have to come on, but you've given us forty five minutes of great laughs and. Yeah. I, I really Honestly, I'm, I'm glad to help. I hope people watch this and enjoy it. And if they don't, then you know whatever, that's fine. Uh, yeah, where where can we find the uh, your uh, merch and? So, go to my follow me on Twitter, the Dan Barry on Twitter. Uh, my merch is prowrestlingtees.com slash Team Tremendous. Um, I also have a deal on there where if you buy a D, you can buy a DVD and a coaster. Uh, if I ship to Ireland, it's just more money for shipping. I just have to work that out. Um, but you know, let me know uh, if I can find a way back to OTT. I will. Um, if anybody has any great ideas on how to get me into OTT for this uh, cork show uh, because it's expensive and we just don't think it's going to happen, but. If we can come up with a cool way to do it, then I will be more than happy to do it. Um, we'll call the president and get. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Ireland's Twitter once retweeted it, so maybe maybe somebody there has a has an in that I don't know about. So, but um, you know, I hope I see you guys soon. I hope I go back over there uh, and have a great day. Enjoy yourself. Thanks a million, Dan. Uh, best of luck with your recovery, and we hope to see you back on the circuit soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dan. Bye bye. But so that was our interview with um, the amazing Dan Barry. Uh, thanks a million, Dan. That was amazing. Uh, some of the stories were just hilarious, and we hope to see an OTT again soon. I'm going to turn off my camera. Uh, so we are going to get on to the news. Um, so it's been a decent. Uh, a very very decent week of wrestling. Um, we had the first uh, Raw and SmackDown of the um, Heyman and Bischoff era, which was amazing. Um, there was a few twists and stuff we haven't seen before, um, and I'm sure Vince is going to give them full control tonight. And I hope Kieran enjoys himself. I hope there's plenty of Attitude Era stuff, and I hope the PG era is dying. Um, so we're going to start off with a few bits of news. Um, first of all, CML owner, CMLL owner, uh, which is the Mexican biggest Mexican promotion in the world, uh, Francisco Paco Alonso Lutheroth, passed away um, last night at the age of 67. And this is important because Chris Jericho put out a Twitter video uh, explaining that um, how big Alonso was in his career and how he gave him his first break back in 1993. And it was a really, really emotional uh, Twitter video. And Chris is, was obviously very big, big, widely affected by it. And obviously with the passing of uh, Lionheart the other week, and we saw the ITW show the other night where everyone just banded together and had a brilliant, brilliant night. And that looked amazing. So uh, well done to everyone concerned there. Um, often it's the saddest things that bring the wrestling world together. And... Uh, um, I just hope uh, wish his family all the best, obviously. Um, and uh, the first person who believed in Jericho uh, is sadly gone, but uh, he's left behind a great, great wrestler and a great entertainer. Um, second bit of news comes out of uh, Impact Slammiversary last night, which I haven't watched in full, but I've watched highlights and it was amazing. The uh, main event with Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan, the uh, internet intergender tag match, inter intergender match, was uh, amazing with the uh, the gold bat and all the some of the spots there. Tessa Blanchard really put herself on the map, even though she's already been on the map. But um, she uh, she should go for the Impact World Title, as I've seen on the on the interweb. Uh, I think she'd be a great challenger for Brian Cage. That'd be so much. Um, but 
the biggest news story coming out of that was probably the uh, aftermath of the semi-main event, which was Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin for the Impact World Title. Because uh, afterward, after Brian Cage defended this title against Michael Elgin, Michael Elgin went on a rampage and um, and decided to pick a fight with Don Callis, who was the color commentator at ringside. And um, all of a sudden, a masked figure in... Well, masked and disguised, but we're not going to... She wasn't disguised, let's just be brutally honest. He um, came in and gave um, Michael Elgin a spear, or in other words, a gore. And the size of this guy's legs and the way he looked and the way he delivered the spear slash gore, it was obviously Rhino. They haven't revealed it yet, but uh, Rhino is... We say to say that Rhino has debuted in Impact Wrestling and uh, he will be starting a few with Brian, uh, Michael Elgin very soon. Uh, he turned down 500k a week from WWE to leave, so uh, we wish. Hopefully, he has a really good feud here and moves on to some really, really good and in Impact, and because uh, that promotion is kind of it throws out some brilliant matches. Um, also, on in at Slammiversary, um, LAX uh, versus the Zachary Wentz and don't remember the other net member. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Rascals against um, Ali Goyen Page and his tag partner. Um, in uh, the North. Uh, they had a three-way tag match for the titles, and uh, Ethan Pay- uh, the North defended their titles, um, but uh, afterwards, uh, San- I think it was Santana, no, it was Ortiz. Ortiz uh, suffered an injury, looked like, at ringside, but um, a lot of people were quick to point out that the doctor was kind of a gimmick doctor, so maybe this is their way of writing off uh, LAX off TV, and that means maybe LAX are leaving the company and moving on to possibly AEW, possibly somewhere else. We don't know, but that that'll be interesting to see where they go. Um. So another result at Slammiversary last night. Um, William Mack defeated Jay Chris and TJP. TJ Perkins is in Impact now, and uh, Trey Miguel. Um. Yeah, the North defeated the LAX and the Rascals. Eddie Edwards defeated Killer Cross in the first blood match. Uh, Moose defeated Rob Van Dam, which is a great match and a great way to have Moose being put over. It was a, a apparently this match stole the show. The Monsters Ball match: Ty Valkyrie defeated Havoc, Sue Young, and Rosemary, and then um, yeah, obviously a Monsters Ball, which was a hardcore match. Um, Rich Swan defeated Johnny Impact for the um, the Defenders Exhibition title. Obviously, Brian Cage defeated Michael Elgin, and Sammy Callahan defeated Tessa Blanchard. Um, yeah, so Impact seems to be doing okay with themselves and uh, it's good to see that they are they put on one of the best pay-per-views of the uh, of the year um, they they really showed they really showed that they can hang with the big boys who are uh, oh look all the live chats gone because Dan's gone <laughs> um, so we're I'm gonna get on get on to uh, the Raw Smackdown review um, so Raw was interesting this week uh, Raw definitely um, was a lot better than the previous weeks, and I think I, I really enjoyed watching Raw SmackDown this week, and I hope tonight it continues, um, and I hope they uh, really click into this uh, non-PG era as much as they can. So the biggest flashpoint of the show was right up from the off, because we had a Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman in a Falls Count Anywhere match, and everyone thinks, oh, this is just really boring, this isn't great, I... I don't really care for this, um, but um, after a really short uh, brawl and uh, 
obviously a normal normal raw match, normal Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman as you'd expect. Braun outside the arena, Braun outside the um, ring. Um, Lashley obviously was controlling most of it, and then they went up onto the stage and. Um, uh, then Braun turned the tide, uh, shoulder charge, and then he threw him onto the stage, and they're on, and they're on the stage here, and uh, Lashley goes for a vertical suplex, but Braun blocks it, and Braun spears him through the video board, and the um, pyro just goes off. The pyro is just flying everywhere, and it's really overdone, but it's in in a good way. Like they they've really sold the fact that they, they were very hurt, and they had a lot of people around ringside, and this is when Corey Graves comes out, and all of a sudden I was on the mic quite clearly. This isn't this isn't like his mic's been put away. He clearly says, holy shit, which, like, we've heard the word bitch being used, but this is, like, right into the mic, and this is obviously direction from Paul Heyman to kind of give the project more realism, because if you saw something like that on the street, you you go, holy shit, you wouldn't go, oh, my God, this has just happened. It's given it more realism, and it, that was brilliant, and they, I never thought we'd be waxing lyric about probably Lashley and Braun Strowman, but um, they... Obviously, carried Braun and Bobby away uh, in an ambulance, and um, apparently Lashley was released, but Braun was still in hospital. So we'll see what followed it is um, followed is tonight. Um, see if Strongly back. I hope they keep him off TV for a few weeks and trying to like sell his injuries, and then he comes back and it'll be more imp- impactful. But this feud can end very quickly, and we can get onto something better because they've proved themselves to be good. Let's talk, let's see how they how they do from now on. Um, next up was uh, Big E and Xavier Woods of the New Day against the Viking Raiders experience, whatever you want to call it, Eric and Ivar. Um, two matches straight off the bat, no promo segments. This is great. We just don't don't need a half an hour. Like these two matches probably lasted half the amount of time. It's a shame, man. Promo, so that was good. Um, uh, Big E was isolated at the start. Um, they. Um, were, they were just doing their tight team moves and keeping them in the corner. Um, belly to belly suplex. Obviously, Big E's trying to look for the hot tag. Um, he just before he make the hot tag to Xavier Woods, Samoa Joe appears, Coquina clutch, holla holla on steroids. We have a six man tag after Kofi Kingston comes down and attacks Samoa Joe. After Samoa, obviously, we're heading towards Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston Extreme Rules. Six man tag. Um, Xavier Woods obviously is being worked over now. He's getting constantly beaten up and punished, and um, is just yeah, he's the one who's taking all the punishment in this match. Um, and then Kingston takes the hot tag, obviously, because Kofi's Kofi's the champ. Kofi needs to go over here, so Kofi takes the big uh, hot tag and um, just unloads on everyone. Just beats up Joe, beats up. Um, Viking experience. It's quite interesting because I would hope that because um, Kobe hasn't been used as well as he should be, and the six-man tag isn't gonna do many favors, but at least they're putting him over here because usually it's either Biggie, Biggie's usually the hot tag specialist. Um, but um, Ivar wiped out Woods and Biggie. Um, then Joe surprisingly because we, we we don't really see but we see champions getting pinned all the time, but I didn't expect this because Joe. Gets Kingston in the cocaine clutch. I thought Woods might have taken the pin or the uh, submission, but um, trapped Kingston in the cocaine clutch, and obviously Kingston didn't. Kofi didn't tap, which puts him out, which 
just kind of saves him because he didn't tap. He just um, he just fell unconscious and puts him to sleep and picks up the win. So Joe has some momentum building um, heading into the next few weeks, and that's uh, that's good because they're finally actually doing some with him as opposed to this fifty-fifty US title bullshit. Um, uh, okay, so next up was the twenty-four-seven title segment, which was. Um, uh, there was obviously the conga line for Hanawai Jose um, dancing down to the ring. They um, they stopped and obviously Drake Maverick's wife was there and uh, he greets Drake Maverick's wife and hiding in the conga line is our truth. Um, and he was like just uh, taunting Maver- uh, Drake after what happened last week when he took the title off him at his wedding. Um and uh, obviously now Jose goes out for matches Cesaro and our truth is being chased by Maverick so that's there's kind of two things going on here it's quite confusing but I mean it's a twenty four seven title what can you expect um obviously Cesaro wasn't really impressed with Jose's antics and I mean Jose has died a sad death since like he was kind of having he was having some decent match with Ty Dillinger I think in NXT and he had like a kind of a feud he had a feud with Austin Aries I think. And obviously now he's just being, he's just meat for people just to beat the crap out of whenever they need to get a go over, or a debut like a debut at the WrestleMania. See fucking how and no way Jose, um, Cesaro beat the crap out of him in the match. Um, well, at ringside it wasn't really it didn't really turn into a match. Um, and uh, neutralizer on the floor. Uh, so we 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 don't see Maverick and um. Or truth until later on, um, but neutralizer on the floor, and then there was a promo afterwards. And this was when the debut of well, before this, actually, there was a botch. I'm pretty sure it was a botch, or it might have been a deliberate botch. But we saw like two seconds of like the street profits standing outside the arena or standing in the promo area. And then uh, Charlie Cruz does an interview with the street profits, and that's this is their debut. And they were just saying that they're gonna electric, like electricity energy that they're gonna like make the raw division better which they are i really hope they go come up for a few weeks and then go back down they don't get the viking experience treatment this i, I obviously I've, i'm coming up coming off cultaholic when jack said i really hope that they bring them up for a few weeks and then bring them back down then bring someone else up put people over merge i hope paul Heyman is merging the two merging nxt and raw together and making them seem like one cohesive promotion because it is all under the w banner and really it should be um, to be honest, um, Shane McMahon. Next thing is Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre for um, a promo. Way we actually have a actually have a Shane McMahon promo. This they couldn't stop. Fahima couldn't stop them from having a Shane McMahon promo because it's a three-hour show and they need half an hour eaten up by the best in the world. So him and Drew McIntyre came out and they discussed about the Undertaker coming back last week and saving Roman Reigns. And they were just building up this tag match that's coming up at Extreme Rules. Um, and uh, they're talking and they're saying that they're going to beat him. And what happened to McIntyre saying he's better than, and it doesn't know why the Undertaker's come back. Then all of a sudden, dong, ding dong, ding dong, dead man's coming in. Uh, and uh, Shane Man and Drew obviously sprint out of the ring. Um, and. Because uh, Corey, Corey is actually putting over that they're like setting up, they're setting up the Undertaker. They're gonna go with him out here and they're gonna beat him up two on one, which would have been 
interesting, would but they just flee it as the chicken shit heels. And uh, Undertaker could have promo saying that, like, remember WrestleMania 32, Shane, and um, that he may be the best in the world, which is just stupid. Don't refer, don't have the Undertaker accept that Shane Man is the best in the world. Call him out as bullshit. Don't don't feed into the storyline and that he's going to be a lost soul among many. I take name, digging holes, and I take name. And he's a lost soul among many. And then he vowed that McIntyre McMahon will rest in peace. Because obviously, this was okay, but could have been a few things could have been changed. I mean, they could have had two on one beatdown, which would have been interesting. They didn't need Undertaker referring to Chain being the best in the world because that just doesn't make sense. That's the one of the biggest polarizing characters in WWE history, putting over that something that just doesn't work, that Shane is the best in the world, or it doesn't work anymore. Um, but um Next thing was Baron. Uh, Baron, well, Lacey Evans, sorry, Lacey Evans versus Natalia, and Baron Corbin a ringside. So uh, this is just Lacey Evans versus Natalia. It's not going to be a great match. Headlock, uh, near falls, few near falls. Um, Corbin interfered, tripped Natalia. Uh, woman's right. She won with a punch. Um, they celebrate and they look stupid because they took two of them to defeat Natalia. No offense, Natalia. Um, but that really bigs them up as the heat. Good, good heel work. Um, next, we have, oh, for the second week in a row, we have a Miz against Elias and a two out of three falls match. And I don't think you could get a more accurate depiction of a, two, of a 50-50 booking. Because um, early fall for the Miz, Skullcrusher and Finale 1-0. Then drift away. The, obviously, they said the break. Drift away, one all break. Um, so then they actually have a proper match for the third encount, uh, third fall, which is usually the case with these matches. Uh, near falls actually happen. Not that not just the first fall you see is a fall. Um, uh, Elias got frustrated because uh, he couldn't put him away. He smashed into the ring post. Figure four leg lock. Tap out two one. So two one to Elias last week. Two one to Miz this week. Elias wins last week, Miz wins this week. 50-50, as you like. Not great. It's just not doing the Miz any favours. I mean, he is one of the best promos in the world. He's not great in ring, but he can. He isn't the worst. He should have a proper feud right now, as opposed to just like a, a filler feud with Elias waiting for Shane McMahon to be done with this other feud. It's like they're trying to like keep two feuds tag, like tied onto each other, which just doesn't work. It's not. It's confused. It's gonna confuse the audience. I hope Heyman also simplifies things and just gets a proper feud. Maybe have something that like they can insert into this feud to actually make it meaningful. Because they're just honestly, they're just a TV. They're TV filler people at the moment. And to say the Miz and Elias, two of the most over people at their at the best of times, are just a filler feud. Is just a bit. It's a bit annoying. Um. Now, next we have one of the most confusing segments of Raw in 2019 because it just doesn't make sense. I don't even know what to say about this. I wish there was someone here to talk to me about everything because I really, really was confused when I saw this. Um, it was Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch against Mike and Maria Canellis. So, um, um, they have a bit of a... Rollins is one up in Mike Canellis because obviously Mike Canellis is nowhere near Rollins' level in kayfabe. Like, sorry about all the voice breaks, by the way. Um, still have a sore throat. 
podcast life and all that. Um, Lynch tags in. Maria instantly gets off the gets off the uh, ring apron and uh, gets on the microphone and just begins laying into her husband like poor Mike. She just goes like, "You're not a real man. Um, you're like you got you're you're so shit. You can't do anything. You can't fight." And then just as Becky's about to pull her into the ring, she goes, "I'm pregnant." <laughs> Everyone just stops and is like, "What the is going on?" And then she just keeps calling her like, calling Mike not a man, and um, and yeah, this revelation is he pregnant? Obviously, stuns Mike Canellas. I think she is actually pregnant with a second child or a third child. I don't know. I don't follow their uh, their love life. Uh, Lynch puts Mike in this armor, even though he wasn't a legal man, which was just confusing, and they said they wouldn't do intergender wrestling, as, as like they won't fight each other. Uh, he wasn't a legal man. This armor, he taps out. Then Maria said uh, she couldn't believe that Mike was the father of her child, child, and that the only man in the match Monday night was Becky Lynch, so he'll ask the champ to impregnate her next time. Okay, so that's a bit of a... That, that can't happen, unfortunately, uh, Maria. Like, you can't impregnate another woman. But good luck trying. Um, it just it was a weird segment. Uh, I got really confused. Mike was just speechless. I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting. I don't know what happened on 205 Live if they continue this storyline because I really hope they did. Because you can't have, like, her wishing a woman impregnated her instead of her husband. And then on the next night, they're like, this is the greatest love you'll ever know. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, that was... Just really weird. I don't not good or bad, just weird. Next, we had the uh, moment of bliss segment between uh, Nikki. Cro- well, obviously Nikki Cross was the guest, and uh, Bailey. Um, obviously, the storyline going in is Nikki Cross beat Alexa Bliss to earn Alexa. Nikki Cross beat Bailey to earn Alexa Bliss a shot at Extreme Rules, and obviously because Alexa Bliss lost to Bailey, they're. The storyline is, oh, should Nikki Cross get the title shot? Which in kayfabe is fair enough, but... Um, so, uh, Cross go, goes on about uh, Blitz was the one who gave her a chance. Uh, I love you, Alexa. Um, I'm not going to do the Scottish accent. Um, Carmella interrupts and um, says, oh, Alexa is using you, Nikki. Uh, she's manipulating you. Uh, Bliss went to the ring. Uh, except um, after Carmella challenged Bliss to a match and uh, Bliss accepts and goes to the ring um, within three seconds like literally as soon as the bell rings Carmella wins which is just weird it's a, it's, you're trying to put in storyline it kind of makes sense but um, they should have had a bit of a match um, but it kind of makes sense when, when you see what happens next uh, she wasn't happy she threw a temper tantrum Bliss did and then they had the ad break Smart. No, no wrestling during the break. And then after the break, it seems like at the moment, I don't know if, like, if you kind of get this, that like a lot of segments have two matches in them. Like a lot of like storylines have two matches. I know it's because this like turned into a six-man tag or you have this kind of thing. It's really, I think they're, they're trying to get out around the ad, ad breaks by just packing everything into a, into like segments, like two matches or whatever and trying to like do too much. It just seems a little bit like just have a match, ad break promo match ad break anyway um cross steps in to fight in uh Alexa's honor and uh after causes a major in the break and uh 
with uh, Fisherman Neckbreaker and Carmella gets pinned by Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross wins. Nikki Cross does what Alexa can't and that plants further seed in the head that Cross should get the title shot and not uh, Alexa, or at least it should be turned into a triple threat. Um, anyway, next we have the main event of Raw, which was the set of a week ago, which was AJ Styles um, challenging for Ricochet's US title, which was very, very highly anticipated. I really love, I love both wrestlers. I think they're, just, they're in my top five wrestlers in the world. Um, they're, they just, they, you can't have a bad match between AJ Styles and Ricochet and just put it on for two minutes. Even then, they'd still do very well. Um, so, very early on, uh, AJ got the pin, like the one, two, three. And um, it then, phenomenal forearm, and he pins him for three. And then John Cowan, uh, Nicholas, Nicholas's dad, if you didn't know that, really good facts on the Hallway Wrestling Podcast, uh, informs AJ that the Ricochet's foot was under the rope and the match continues. So AJ is getting even more pissed off, even though he's the baby faces, they're both baby faces, he's getting pissed off that he didn't put him away or he got cheated out of his victory in his head. And uh, the action was just really quick. They were just like, Flip, like ricochets are so smooth, flips. You got AJ, AJ just doesn't put a foot wrong in any match. Like, I've never, I've never seen an AJ Styles botch. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they have a great match. It's just athletic, it's just athleticism and just each one trying to one up each other. Um, towards the end, uh, Ricochet just take gets the pin, just shock Styles, Styles sells that you just can't believe that. I can't believe that Ricochet took the win because Styles backs and backs his ability just so, so much, and that's the thing when Styles loses, it's quite, it's really, really big. It's because Styles doesn't lose very often, um, and he earned like that. Ricochet wins, retains his title. Um, Gallows and Anderson, uh, obviously they shake hands afterwards, sign of respect. Um, and AJ's like applauding Ricochet and then Luke Gallows and Anderson appear ringside and they're just laughing they're like what are you doing like like fake clapping uh, Ricochet's victory and Styles is like hold on don't go don't go near him a uh, bit of respect um, so this is like kind of similar to back in the day when AJ turned heel at first when uh, he kind of like uh, he agreed to team with Cena against the Good Brothers, and um, and then it seems like they're gonna like get along. And then uh, AJ turns around and clocks Ricochet just like he clocks Cena. I really hope they don't bring back the uh, my favorite thing to do is beat up Ricochet, but um, yeah, blasted Ricochet, and they just beat the crap out of him. And Styles Styles clash from the top rope, which is pretty cool. Uh, and to end the show, Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles stand tall as their club reunite, and that's a closing shot, and that's fantastic. Close it on a cliffhanger, brilliant, brilliant end to the show, one of the best ends of ends to Raw this this year. The only thing I'd say is bring fucking Balor into the club. Don't have Triple H in the club. Triple H is Triple H has been the Shield evolution of the club. Just bring Balor into the club, and then you'd have the one. Imagine the club against the Undisputed Era. Just be amazing. 
and my voice is fading very quickly. Um, but I'm sure the Dan Barry, the great Dan Barry interview, made up may may will make up for this terrible second half of the show. This is like the last hour of Raw in comparison to uh, AEW Double or Nothing, which was the interview. Um, but uh, so the end close of the show is a club standing tall in the middle of the ring. So then we get on to SmackDown. Um, I'm going to try and fly the through this as quick as possible. I just want to check the live chat, see if anyone's in here. See if we... um... No, everyone was here for Dan. We're going to get going to get the views in. Um, obviously, I, I, I understand that everyone has lives, so the, when, when, we, when we ask people to come in live, it's, it's, it happens on a very rare basis because uh, we, we just decided that in terms of editing, that uh, getting the show out straight away with the thumbnail and it's just a lot easier than rendering memo footage. So thanks for joining the live when you can. Um, we do appreciate you. Kieran does as well, even though he's in America. And as Dan said, Kieran should be in. Kieran should be in here. No excuse. I'm not burying him right now, but he should be in here. Um, enjoy, enjoy Raw tonight and bring him back a Baller t-shirt and then we'll be okay. Um, um so, Shane, uh, we opened with the Kevin Owens show on SmackDown this week, uh, and the guests are Shane and Drew McIntyre. Yay! More Shane, more Shane, more Shane. Give me more Shane. Um, they just keep um, antagonizing The Undertaker, just talking down on him. Um, and Kevin Owens was like, and he was just reading off the cue card, and a little bit of it ended. And then he read and then he read the next card. So he like paused and then read the next card. That was super thin. I love Kevin Owens' really time. It was uh, fantastic. Um, so then uh, a bit of comedy from Kevin Owens I think he's an in-betweener right now he's kind of like Stone Cold he's adopted his he's adopted his stunner and now he's just been an in-betweener um, so he uh, Drew McIntyre gets really really angry and just looks like he's about to beat the crap out of KO and then Dolph Ziggler arrives and he's like no 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 and then he comes at Shane and asks for another title shot um, and the best thing that Shane McMahon has done in a long time, uh, what I have in mind, I've got these notes up Bleacher Report. Boy Wonder decides to put Kevin Owens and uh, Dove Ziggler in a match against Heavy Machinery. I don't know where Sammy is. Oh, they're playing off. I love the way they're playing off the Sammy ate the uh, trash compactor last week and Kevin Owens walked out on him. So now Sammy this week. But uh, Boy Wonder decides to put Kevin Owens and Dove Ziggler in a tag match against Heavy Machinery. The winner will be added to the SmackDown tag team title match between the New Day and Brian and Rowan. Um, so, um, backstage, the Planet's champions and New Day sell how annoyed they are that they might have a match turn in, that the match has been turned into a triple threat. Um, so then we have a singles match building up that match, which is uh, Brian against Big E. Uh, Big E, a lot of power moves. Uh, Brian's technical ability working around it. Um, William. Uh, Brian distracts the ref and Rowan attacks Big E and Xavier and then uh, Brian hits a running knee on Big E and takes the win. So Brian wins. Um, we have another moment of bliss uh, which haven't been too bad lately but it's just like having it every night two nights in a row is just a little bit much. Um, but Nikki Cross is hosting this week so it's something fresh. Um, uh, Bailey. Uh, she, obviously, it's a bit of a weird start, but then she uh, decides to question Bailey about um, what she what she said about uh, Bliss about her being manipulative or not, and smacked her, and she 
uh, as cross uh why did you why shouldn't you why, why shouldn't you get the title shot um nikki why does lex get it when she lost against carmella last night um um she try uh nikki tries to divert the attention by challenging uh, bailey to a match and bailey accepts obviously and uh cross it's a little bit of a back and forward about five or six minutes um bailey to, uh cross shows signs of life but bailey catches her in the bailey bailey to belly and wins by pinfall um uh kayla announces introduces Kobe kingston backstage and and samoa joe um joe tells uh that told in in the ring sorry joe tells kayla to leave uh, they have a really good promo off, and they have a uh, they have verbal barbs. They talk about the day Joe is brilliant on the mic. He just runs down Kofi, and Kofi talks about how he won at WrestleMania. He's been the honorable champion. Um, and then Samoa Joe uh, made Kofi an offer. He told like he tried to show Shana respect in like a backwards way. Um. He told Kingston to shake his hand as an acknowledgement of the future champion in Samoa Joe um, and promising not to go. Uh, and he said that he wouldn't go after him and he wouldn't fight. Uh, and this is when, obviously, Sky Sports viewers will know that it's at 2 o'clock in the morning. But um, as uh, Samoa Joe shakes, extends the hand, Kofi teases it and then sticks up the middle finger straight in Small Joe's face, which is the sign of the Bischoff era coming in. So we had the holy shit, and then we have the middle finger. So this is great, but Sky Sports at 2 o'clock in the morning, thinking all the 10 years be watching. I know it's taped, but you can edit it. Or I was I heard from someone that they could, like the kids could record it, and then they watch it the next day, and that's in there. I understand. But Kofi puts up the middle finger, which is quite funny. Uh, quite interesting as well. Shows Kofi a bit of edge. Um, so then they, after the middle finger, Joe face just, Joe has a really good rage face. Joe just rages up, um, and they have a bit of a scuffle. Kofi ducks a clothesline and hits Joe with the trouble in paradise to finish the segment. And this was brilliant. Fantastic. I want to see Joe as champ. I know Kofi's been brilliant and the story was amazing. He's had a little bit of time with it. It hasn't gone exactly how he would, how he probably would like it if he was being honest, but Joe as a champion would be amazing. Some of them promos. Um, Apollo Crews and Andrade. So Andrade returns after his mom passed away. It's nice to see that Andrade is back. Maybe we might see Charlotte Flair back next week because we haven't seen her for a long time. Already, no, it's been a good few weeks. Um, uh, really, obviously Apollo Crews is great. He just has no character. So Apollo Crews and Andrade was a really good match. Uh, they have really smooth. Like Apollo Crews is one up on Andrade, um, and power obviously over over. He overpowers Andrade, but uh, just can't put him away. Uh, Zelina Vega, while the ref back is turned, um, puts uh, Cruz in the head scissors, and fly he flies into the announce table, and then Andrade hits him hammerlock DDT and takes the win. So Andrade's back on TV. That's good. Introduce him back into the into the fold. Hopefully he can. I want to see Bal Balor needs to come back. I know that Balor and Shinsuke are having a match. So hopefully Andrade gets a decent feud coming out of it. Maybe Andrade and Bunny Murphy. Bring Buddy Murphy back. Have him in a few with Andrade. Hook it to my veins, please. Just give me a big needle. Put Buddy Murphy's DNA in there. Stick it in my veins. 
uh, Mandy Rose versus Ember Moon after the whole Nintendo Switch shenanigans. This is I don't know I don't know what this I, I don't understand games. I'm not a big gaming fan, so I I know what the Nintendo Switch is, but I don't really understand this feud. And um, there was a lesbian element to it a few weeks ago, but I don't know where that's gone. Um, Sonya Deville's at ringside. Uh, Ember, Ember Moon uh, just hits the gets the golden goddess down to off off kilter. She gets her a bit dizzy, obviously. A uh, few kicks, and then one of the best finishers in WWE. I can't stress this enough: the Eclipse, which is a top rope jumping stunner, brilliant finisher move for a brilliant wrestler that's given so underutilized. How many times have we said that in the last year? Moon beats Rose after the Eclipse. Um, and yeah, that's just, it's a match. It's a match that happened on SmackDown. It's okay, I suppose. Um, now, in our main event, we have Otis and Tucker, Heavy Machinery, against Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler. Um, and Daniel Bryan um, and Rowan are on commentary. And Rowan's not really on commentary because he doesn't say much. Uh, and Xavier Woods and Big E are on commentary. Um, um, and... They kind of go at it. They're kind of going at it throughout the match. Brian is brilliant on commentary. He really puts over the teams in the match while he's showing all. So he does. He doesn't care. Um. Then they obviously it gets to a boiling point, and the tag champs come up, get up out of the seats, and they start having a brawl. And then they lay out the baby faces. Um. New Day and uh, Planet Champions were thrown out. Um. Uh. In the, in the ring, obviously, Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens are actually showing a bit of chemistry. They seem to be doing okay. Um, this was it was all right. The only reason I'm doing it like a report style at the moment, because I have no one to go back and forth to it. Normally, we just go back and forth and give our thoughts about the match. But I'm just kind of like saying, saying what happened, because I can't really argue with myself. Or, like, I, I could try, but it wouldn't be a great podcast. Um, uh, Ziggler accidentally super kicks Owens. Um, and then the trash compactor to Ziggler and uh, Heavy Machinery win, so they're added to the match, so it's a triple threat match. Lance Champions versus Heavy Machinery versus New Day, which might be kickoff, but I think it will be main card, and it's a good match, I suppose. Uh, Kevin Allen doesn't have uh, lays out lays out uh, Ziggler with the um, stunner, and says Smackdown is still my show, the Kevin Owens show. So I think we might be going to KO Ziggler feud, which I don't mind, I mean, as long as Ziggler's out of the title picture. And maybe Sammy might feed into it. So it's an interesting storyline. That brings us to an end of SmackDown and almost to the end of the podcast because um, I'm very tired. And uh, I'm so happy that Dan came on. Oh, yeah, actually, I'll just tell you, I, I, I texted Dan yesterday because I knew Kieran wasn't coming on. I really hadn't got anyone yet. And I texted Dan yesterday. And obviously, I wouldn't expect him to come on. But he said, yeah, let's do it. What time? And I was like, he was like, oh, I'm working. And then we were trying to like organize something. I said, we, we originally planned to go on at midnight tonight my time when he was finished work so he was actually he's he's in pain at the moment we were just trying to sort something out. And he was like no i can go on a five for like i can give you like 50 minutes 45 minutes which 45 minutes is amazing because i thought it was going to get 20 but he's just genuinely one of the nicest people i mean i've been texting him for a while like he, he does answer people back so if you're if you're on twitter or instagram look him up and say thank you for coming on the podcast and say give him some night give him some get well soon messages and obviously uh, go on his big car, go on his um, pro s and tees and uh, buy some merch to help him pay for his two thousand two thousand dollars for an X ray. Like fucking hell, America is not really nice place for healthcare. Um, but um, obviously we hope to see him back in OTT soon. Hopefully see him back on the indie circuit soon. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to Raw and SmackDown this week to see how they're progressing because Raw's tonight. Uh, and Kieran, enjoy yourself and bring me back a batter teaser, as I said. Um, so thank you for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the Dan Barry interview. Uh, I really did. I really enjoyed talking to him. He had lots to share, and I just he's one of my favorite independent wrestlers. And hopefully, uh, soon enough we can get some uh, more guests on and make him interest me and Kieran can get some guests on. So thanks for listening. Um, like, share, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. We're actually. Oh yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot. We're on SoundCloud and Podbean now, so each uh, podcast is going to be up there for a week because I'm not paying for things yet because we haven't. We're not making money off this, so I'm not going to pay. I already have Netflix subscription and Spotify subscriptions to pay for, so each one is going to be up for a week, and then the next one will be up, and the other one will be deleted, so you can listen to it whenever, wherever you want, in the gym, uh, in the car, because YouTube really drains your battery. I figured out, so we decided to go on Podbean and so Podbean and SoundCloud at the hallway wrestling podcast so uh thanks for listening i uh, really hope you enjoyed um yeah follow us on twitter youtube instagram um and i will see you guys next week hopefully i will get a um indie corner episode done and kieran will be back doing uh, nxt review we've just been very busy at the moment because i'm gone holiday soon so hopefully kieran has some good things lined up so I'm, I'm i'm dragging on now so like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Love you all. <laughs> uh, yeah, see you next week with episode six.